Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Okay, what's up, guys? Hello, everyone. I think it's number 106, this one. Uh, you know, I never check. It's very irresponsible of me, but let's go with that, <laughs> and we'll check it at the break. So something like that. Um, this one, I really would have liked to do in person. You got a new office. I got a new office. We got to find time um, to do that, because I do think it's missing something. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, it's uh, the the... The possibility of doing this remotely, it's a mm. curse and a blessing because I don't know if you would have been yes. able to record in this past two months if it wasn't for the for the remote stuff. You know what? It might. What's that phrase? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. It would have forced us to, to get together like 10 at night yeah. in your office or something. And <laughs> yeah. you know, when we had less, we would have pushed more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why. But, you know, we do what we're going to do and hopefully before the end of the year. Uh, the calendar year we'll do one in person hopefully we gotta and do like a big set i think we should we yeah. should do something like that yeah, but the reason why i especially want to do this one in person is because this is a topic that is very 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 close to my heart and i know to yours as well exactly and we we hinted at it last time i think and during the last we episode did. Is not connected. Hi, did you hear that did you hear somebody talking is somebody talking? <laughs> it was uh, one of those electronics that told me that it's not online right now. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a Halloween decoration was talking. No, 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 no. Th- those might too. But so we entered it uh, last time, and we kind of promised something a little bit less hardcore than the past few have been. Um, so yes. something a little bit more relaxing going towards. Um, Going towards Thanksgiving, right? You, you guys are gonna yes. already have Thanksgiving and talking stuff with your oh, the uncle. Right? With, it's already too uncle. stressful. Exactly with the uncle. Uh, so we're gonna give you some ammunition to to discussions to have that are not uh, politi- political politics yeah. or or idealism. Mm-hmm. And your uncle will look at you and be like, "What? What are you talking about? Are you on drugs? Are you on drugs? What are they doing, these people, to you at college? What are they doing to you? It's the tryptophan and the turkey, right? (laughs) Everyone always says that. So today we're talking about this thing, which all of you guys listening, I hope, have an intimate relationship. Uh, I don't know. This thing we call music. Yes. And um, which has been... There's... Which is interwoven with my life. Uh, it's always been. Um, actually, it's a good indicator, usually, of how am I how am I doing psychologically. Mm. If I'm not listening to music, if if I am not uh, listening to it at all, if I'm not playing anything, that means I'm not doing well. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's been times when I've noticed 
like, hey, I haven't listened to anything in, you know, a month or something. And I say, you know, that's that's bad for you. Yeah. You're like alienating yourself from yourself. You have to like make time for this. Yeah. And I mean, this was interwoven with my life as well, as my students know, because I talk about it and guys who regularly listen will know. Uh, music was my first love. Like that's the thing I wanted to do. Um, at this point, I've been playing guitar for... Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like I, I say the wrong number in class. So, like, like 18, 18 years? Or something? It's like something like that. It's crazy. Um, and I played in a uh, band a number of years, just doing a lot of crazy stuff, traveling all over, putting my all into it. And philosophy, I always say, strangely enough, was the backup plan. So I was, I was either going to be a musician <laughs> or a philosophy professor. Just the odds are against me. I see, I see. Um, and I, I, I also was in a band when I was a lot younger and in another country, um, playing not well a lot of instruments, <laughs> but mainly singing. Yeah, you uh, were mostly singing, right? That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, and, gotcha. but but I was always involved in the in the writing and uh, and all the stuff, right? So I could, I could imagine and come up with a riff or with right, s- with right, some right, stuff, right. and I can play it, but then I cannot play it throughout the song while singing, or I can, <laughs> uh, I'll go off tempo, you know, that's the thing. But I I can come up with, uh, you know, and this is why eventually, um, then when I moved over here for a few years, I was playing kind of. With some electronic music, putting together some stuff, um, which was, but it wasn't satisfying because I think that the band thing is a unique setting. That oh, yeah, there's something about it. Like the, there's the, something the, about there is the collaboration that's missing in doing everything yourself, right? Um, side note, you know, I realized just when you were talking that you have heard my stuff, but <laughs> I have never heard your stuff. That is true. I don't think I have anything here though. I, I yeah, that's have, a lie. I have I have a cassette. <laughs> I, not here. Cassette not player. here. Not here. I have to ask my mom to bring it when she comes. <gasps> oh, that would be awesome. I would love to hear that. That's yeah, that's the that's the, I I have that demo tape and somewhere I have I don't know where it is though, actually. I have like the last two songs that that I have like the instrumental part of it, mm-hmm. but I never got to record actually the 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 voice mm. uh, in there because we disbanded like before the project was wow. over. So there's like two songs that were never completed, and I still have the lyrics. I still remember kind of the melody and everything, but it's not there. You know, I know the feeling <laughs> having all this incomplete <laughs> stuff that you're just sitting yep. on. And... Yep, yep, yep. And uh, it's funny because you know I've listened to your stuff, and the style is definitely different. Um. What we were doing you, was completely... you guys are more what like like grungy like more straightforward yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a lot a lot more simpler but towards the end there were some strange influence some Pink Floyd influences in there as well Ooh. so I gotta hear you sing right because we gotta people go to, would say we gotta go to karaoke to karaoke <laughs> oh let's do it because people would say when they would hear our stuff they'd be like oh my god that's I didn't expect you to sound like that mm-hmm. right. And when you're talking about playing in a grunge band, I'm like, oh my god, does he like sound like Chris Cornell? <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. More. Well, 
it will happen. We will do this uh, in, a, right. in a karaoke. We'll, we'll table try. it to be continued. We'll try to do that. Uh, but I think it's a, you know, while this is a lighter, allegedly topic, I think there is there is philosophical substance there, right? Absolutely. Um, just off the top of my head, thinking of people that have pre- wrote about this in philosophy, there's Nietzsche, Nietzsche with Wagner. Right, they eventually get into a huge fight over music, mm. and they split pretty much um, ideologically, right, and philosophically because they're friends at first. Uh, Nietzsche is a big supporter, and then Wagner uh, keeps on doing this thing that for him are like too uh, weirdly enough too too German to, for for Nietzsche. Uh, yeah, and I'm yeah. saying weirdly enough because it's usually is considered a one. Uh, the right. German nation, but that's not. We we both know that that's not the case. So it's a long-standing um, discussion in the history of philosophy, and also in contemporary philosophy. Like I've I've been reading uh, a lot of this stuff recently, just working on my own stuff. Um, so you know, knowing something is to use a phrase you used earlier, a blessing and a curse, because on the one hand. You, you already have like your foot in the door and you have some connection and, and you have some knowledge. On the other hand, when you're uh, so deeply embedded into something, you sometimes don't realize that you're embedded into something. And similarly, you're not able to always see all the things that a, that a third person might see. So you have this weird matrix type situation yeah. or this like attitudinal situation a la Husserl. So let's let's start at the beginning here, right? And, and we'll have this Socratic dialogue. Um, <laughs> what is music? So just pause. If, if any of you guys have read the Mino, which you should, and we were just talking about this the other day, um, they asked this question at the beginning, what is virtue? And Mino says, oh, there's a bunch of different types of virtue. There is a virtue for a man and a woman and a child and a this. And Socrates is like, very sarcastically, <laughs> like, oh, look at that, Mino. I was looking for one virtue, and now you've given me all these. But, of course, his real answer is that's not an answer. Yeah, a list. And the analogy I give you is, like, when we say what is music, I don't mean what different types of music there are. I don't mean what different musicians are there, although looking at those things can be a helpful first step in figuring out what music is. But I mean, what is that general form that binds all of those types and subtypes and particulars together? Which, as Mino discovers almost immediately during the dialogue, it's a very hard question to answer. Yep, and he was a, a rhetorician, right? He, yep. was, he was one of the, the sophists. Or he yeah. was trained by, was it Gorgias? Yes, he was trained by Gorgias. <clears throat> uh, and, and with music, I think it's even more difficult, right? Because some people, the first thing that comes to my mind that people might think of, music is a form of art, right? Mm. But then doesn't solve our problem for what it is because then you're just moving, pushing the question up and what is art, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it's a first it's a qualifier that we can use, right? It's a form of art. It's a form of of entertainment as well, I guess. I think that's already in, in, like a, a a questionable a questionable yeah 
property. Yeah. Not that I disagree with it, but I think it's that's actually saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you said, like categorizing it as a form of art, although it doesn't help us immediately, one thing we could do is be like, okay, so it's a type of art, and what we're trying to figure out is what makes the musical type of art distinct from other types of art. Mm-hmm. And I've got into very intense discussions with people about this over the years. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe you can... What's what's oh, the discussion about? How does it get intense? Over what? So... You should see Anthony's <clears throat> face right now. Like, man, so many things going on. <laughs> I suppose the the reason why the music conversation failed was because I was... The one person I'm thinking of out of many... Um, was the kind of person who would pull this move in any conversation mm-hmm. and has. And it, it's just like a cliche and it, it pisses me off. So, <laughs> um, let me my, guess. My let, old. Let me what? guess. Music is whatever you want it to be. That's, you know, you know, <laughs> music is everything, including non music, right? Just yeah. contradictions don't matter. Definitions, nothing is nothing. Everything is everything. Um, yeah, so we were trying to have a conversation and like, well, I think we're going to get into that. Okay. But like on a, on a what I believed to be a non-controversial level, <laughs> yeah. and I'll ask you this and we'll see what happens. Something that makes music music would um, seem to be, to put it uh, lightly, the fact that it involves sound. It has some relation to sound. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how is this controversial? Because silence is music? I don't know, music? we'll see. Uh, that's a big part of the... Of the controversy? Disagreement. So, so, I th- so, okay. What do you think of when I say that? Like, what's going through your mind? So, I'm thinking of two things, right? Um, first of all, definitely, it involves sound, for sure. And if you want to... If you really want to split hair, right? Maybe you can say that music is arises from the contrast of sound and silence. But that's which is fine, like a like a relationalist. Yes, that is yes. that I am on board with that. So. But at the very least, you need both. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Just silence cannot be music unless is in the middle of music right mm-hmm. so let's say there's a song and then there's a pause and then the song starts again right yeah i guess that that pause that moment of silence as long as he is can be part of the music right so this is uh maybe i mean that's like to me like splitting hair right just to 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 pacify those people that are like, no, silence is music as well. So that's something I want to get into in a minute. But so what you said, <laughs> yes. when you're talking about um, there's a relation between sound and an absence of sound, um, you're also bringing up the concept of time. Like temporality is a necessary condition for music. Without time, there is no music. Time, and but not rhythm, right? Um, when I say time, I mean a duration. 
yeah. and a, yeah. and a oh, yeah. duration, yeah. a series of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so we got it involves sound <laughs> in some way, and we have it involves time in some way. Yes. Okay. Oh, so. I, I need to back up on the sound thing okay, again. Okay. Not every sound can be music, however. No, yeah, of course not. Of okay. course not. Because there is noise, which is not music, at least not all the time. Well, okay, so here's already a thing um, that is happening in arguments I have. Right now, I'm talking to you. Uh-huh. Oh, I dropped my pencil. Uh-huh. There's sound. What I would say, and I'm guessing you would say, is that's not music. The, no. the thing, the accidental happening of the pencil falling is not music. No, even though I had recorded pencils knocking on something and use it through synthesizers and stuff like that in music. But that's different. That's different. And one of the things that makes it different is the dropping itself lacks an intention on your part to compose something or to use this thing meaningfully. Yes. If that means that there's no, if what we're trying to say if there, is that there's no accidental music. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Um, I agree with so many caveats here, right? With the caveat <laughs> that some music can become, can start as an accident, but then become 100%. 100%. 100%. And I know another thing people are probably thinking right now is, well, what about mess-ups that become part of the live performance? That's different. Yeah. That's different because it exists in a broader framework of someone already doing this kind of intentional thing. Yeah. It's not totally disconnected from the like the aesthetic or the the musical attitude. True. And uh, you know, and what what I was saying like sometimes it starts like by accident. It has happened to me in the past that there is a specific sound that I hear or that I accidentally make like by dropping something or by doing <clears> stuff. <throat> and that sound kind of wakes my music my my musical mind and be like oh this this will be cool if put with this and that so it wasn't i wasn't looking for it i wasn't actually playing but that thing eventually became part of whatever and that's that's how anything happens right a yeah. lot of invention starts as accidents yeah. i mean the old tale right about the the apple falling on new head or whatever so yeah. Like, in the same way that the happening of an accident itself isn't yet knowledge, it's something like a potentiality, uh, accidental noise, and even, here's another one, natural noise. Absolutely. Uh, or incidental byproduct noise may contain within it, the and does, the potential for music, but it is not itself music. Correct. Absolutely. Because otherwise, we, again... We were talking about this with one of my classes uh, the other day. Uh, otherwise, we need to put everything into music, which it's meaningless. That's it, not it. And this is, this is like a big issue that people have within any topic of philosophy. Is like, especially if you're new to philosophy, I think you get over this because you realize like, oh, 
I get it at some point, which is you get asked what is X. Mm-hmm. You're in this like moment of being Socrates's uh, uh, interlocutor, uh, and your instinct, for one reason or another, is to say something like, mm-hmm. "Well, there is no real X." Because X is just whatever you think it is or whatever you say it is. And people say this in the context of art, music, virtue, uh, truth. Just like, you know, throw something against the wall until it sticks. And there's a couple motivations behind this. I think one motivation, the most charitable motivation, is to put it bluntly, you don't want to be a dick. You don't want to stifle uh, creativity. You don't want to be arbitrarily exclusive. And I understand that. But something you realize the more you do this is not all exclusions slash definitions are arbitrary. We agree. You shouldn't do things arbitrarily, but that doesn't mean doing nothing, period. And it doesn't mean you're a jerk. And it doesn't mean you have to stifle someone's creativity. Um, the, one of the less charitable interpretations of why someone does this, I think still more charitable than the other ones I'm thinking, is you don't know, <laughs> right? And you don't want to claim to know more than you do. So also you don't want to be a jerk, right? Yeah. I think, I think you're being very charitable here, actually. Oh, I'm saving... I'm being extra nice (laughs) because Uh, the next one is like, I know more than you. mm. And did you know that actually things could be other things? Like there's this this arrogance (laughs) that Mm. it brings forth with it. Like you're so closed minded and dumb and I'm the (laughs) smart one for being open minded. I think you're still being very charitable. Ooh, okay. (laughs) I have another one in mind, but you go first. Because I think that even this third one implies somewhat that somebody has made the effort of thinking about something and even they Mm. just people thinking that oh i'm better than you because you just don't know that there is more to this there is an implication that they're done they have gone through some thinking Mm. which i think instead that the main issue is and it's probably a lot less charitable than what you're describing uh, it's a is a mixture of the first thing that you said, uh, not wanting to be rude or exclusionary and stuff mm-hmm. like that, united with the fact that this way of thinking lends itself to laziness. Because now I want to be nice, but I also don't want to think about stuff at all. What's the easiest thing to say? Oh, there is no difference. If, if mm-hmm. there is no difference, I need to... I don't need to make any judgments. I don't need to make any distinctions. Just everything goes there and everything is fine. And I just don't do any effort, any mental effort to make distinctions. And I look nice. And isn't that the mantra of the day? (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) Uh, But that's, I think that this whole thing started as don't be nice, don't be, don't be a dick. Yeah. Be nice. You know, everyone can do this and everyone, you know, who are you to say that 
this person like thing is not music or this thing is not music. That's the way that, you start. That question gets asked a lot. Who are you to do this thing? It's, it's, and it's like, and and I see this, I see parents, I remember seeing parents when my kids were, were younger telling their kids, like, you know, kneeling down, like, mm. who are you for doing this? Think about this, right? You are not, you know, you're not special in this thing, which is terrible to say to a kid, by the way. Uh, <laughs> But that then escalated. That really got drilled in people's heads, and now it's like, no, I don't want to. There is no need. There is no need to think about anything because everything goes. Because everything is entitled to their own opinion, in the sense that everything can be true, yep. and everything can be everything else. So I had a I had a student in class. I have more than one student in class talking about art. Uh, speak, uh, specifically talking about paintings, claiming that there is no difference between Picasso and the doodling and the drawing that a three-year-old can make, mm. and that the reason that Picasso is in a in a museum while the three-year-old is not in a museum is just because society has decided so. There is nothing intrinsically different between a Picasso and a three-year-old. Just to give you an example, and I think that that's the issue. You said it. This is the mantra of the of the, of the era. Yeah, it's it's the the excess of everything is constructed, right? So everything is arbitrary, and with the so I think the heart of what you're saying, or at least a heart of what you're saying, is just not thinking, right? Yep. The first three I said were just thinking, different modes of thought. Yours yeah. is like the absence of thought, right? Yeah. It's it's a non-answer. Yeah. It's a way of not having to engage with the question. And you might do that because you're lazy, like you said. And to draw upon Kant in, in what is enlightenment, you also might do it because you're afraid. True. And you might be afraid not only of upsetting someone, but of being criticized. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. what is worse than me being attacked or something? Right? Because if I... In order to say something, it's like I'm saying one thing and not other things. And someone might look at that and disagree with me. Ooh, so spooky. And, and if I do that, um, I become very vulnerable because now this thing exists out there for someone to say something bad about and I can't handle that or whatever, right? And this is often why... You get these non-answers or cliches, right? Because if you attack the cliche, that's not me. That's just like some general thing and I'm not attached to it. So definitely the non-thought. And it's a non-thought not only about the answer, but it's not thinking about what the question itself means. (laughs) Or even that the question has some meaning. Mm -hmm. And it's also not thinking about what the consequences of you taking this approach are. So just all around absence of thought. Um, I agree with that. <laughs> so this this is no way to engage with things. Um, there are ways to engage with stuff earnestly, fairly, mm-hmm. um, intellectually, right, mm-hmm. rigorously, and that, that's what we're trying to do, right? So yeah, I, I want people listening who might be sympathetic to this because I think this is really common to in people between the ages of like 16 to 
very early 20s. Yeah. Right? And Or people who just have thought about this for the, the first time, right? Yeah. It's going to happen to someone who's older in a class. But anyway, um, when we're talking about music, which is a thing, and it's mm-hmm. distinct from non-music, we're saying that it involves sound mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. We're saying that it involves time in some way. And it involves conscious manipulation of some sort, right? Yeah. An agent. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and, I, you know, doesn't matter if the agent has free will or not. That does, that's a side thing. Um, but just it is as if the agent is constructing uh, some piece, right, in this, in this sense. So I think all this is non-controversial. Um, but I would like to tell you something <laughs> that happened in the, one of the arguments I've had. Okay, please. So I, in grad school, mm-hmm. year one in Pittsburgh, lived with a guy. In the house of the centipedes? That's right. In the cent- that's what? A, in the house of the centipedes. It sounds <laughs> like a, a poem or a horror movie or something. Or a um, song. Or a song. Or a song, right? We're doing it. We're going to karaoke in the house of the centipedes. And the, the background will be like exactly. a lot of clicks for the legs. See, we're getting ideas. Um, and I had a lot of heated disagreements with this guy. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I suppose, genuine. But some of them, if I'm being honest, felt very, very genuine. The music one was one of them. Um, so I remember it started on the bus home hmm. we rode the bus back to our apartment and we started talking about music and like you know what is music and we brought up sound or i brought up sound and being how he was um he <laughs> seemed to despise I, this person well i i, I don't want to i'm not gonna say anything but <laughs> it's a very co- complex situation gotcha gotcha um what this person said was no. No. Music doesn't need sound. It doesn't need sound. Um, that's just me, you know, fascistically imposing this thing on, on the order of things. And nor does it need intentional manipulations. Okay. And of course, me being me was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, th- this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make any sense. Because if you're talking about music, this is one of those things where everyone has a basic intuition of the thing, even if it's not fully fleshed out. It involves these. And he was very much a everything is constructed, everything is relative type of guy. And what he brought up was uh, this composer, John Cage. You familiar with this guy? So John Cage has this thing called 433, mm-hmm. or 4 minutes and 33 seconds. And if you guys are watching, the, uh, listening to this, you should go check it out. <laughs> because what you will see is this guy in a theater of lots of people wearing suits plays this quote-unquote musical piece where nothing is happening. It's like the music, the quote, music starts, and then it's silence, right? This amount of silence. And then it ends. And then, oh, 
and everyone claps, right, in, in their suits and, and stands up. And he was explaining that this was, this was music. This immediately pissed me off <laughs> because <laughs> clearly what John Cage is doing is like an act of rebellion, right? Yeah, it's like Deschamps' urinal. It's like it's it's like Deschamps' urinal, right? And I I feel like the person I was arguing uh, having mm. a discussion with was also saying this like as an act of rebellion. And what I I, I gave him, I said, okay, it is art what he's doing because it's setting up this whole situation where this thing is going to unfold. And sure, we don't know the exact sounds happening in the silences. Maybe someone coughs. Maybe someone moves in our seat. Maybe like the wood creaks or something. But, but it's still set up within a framework of intention, being an art piece. I said, but that's not music. Like the point is that it is unmusic, right? That's the point of the thing. And um, there was no way that I could make my point, no matter how mm -hmm. careful and eloquent I was trying to be, that didn't come off to this guy as like, well, who are you? You're just a fascist. Anything you say is arbitrary. That's music. Okay. Um... I mean, you're not going to convince me of the stuff that you're saying. What do, what do you think of this 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 piece? <laughs> so I can tell you that I think, just like you, that it is art. I can even. So I think that the the person you were talking to made a series of categorical mistakes in there. Uh, not in the in the traditional sense, right? And also. It's not seeing the bigger picture here, right? That piece is music, quote-unquote, because it's still played, quote-unquote, within the context of a concert or of an album where there is sound before and after it. Mm. So in that sense, it is part of a musical performance, for sure. But it still is still is mm. in existence as music as a pause among sounds, right? This is exactly what I was thinking of when I said there's a relationship between the two things, right? <clears throat> if that was the only thing that he ever did, it would be a performance art. That's exactly what I was saying, yeah. There would be performance art. But you can consider it music because the composer is doing that, but the composer is doing that, again, between songs right otherwise it's not you can't even categorize it as that otherwise it's like it's just insane to think that that is they can be an art piece again they can be performance art but, 100%. That, but they cannot could not be music unless it was in the context of a musical performance yeah and clearly there is some kind of intention there yeah absolutely it's, it cannot be unintentional and if, if music is not if music does not involve as a necessary condition sound, mm -hmm. then it doesn't involve anything. There's no other possible absolutely. candidate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. And uh, so, and I think the more we talk about this, the more I feel that we should. So 
usually when we have discussions about music, and we will, it's inevitable, we'll do that, and I, I want to get into that as well, we think about the appreciation of it. And when we think of what it is, we think of, well, we'll make something music, something I can listen to and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I think that that discussion needs to be had. But I think that before we do that, especially considering the, the unique perspective that we have, meaning the fact that we made music, I think that maybe a precondition for that, it is a discussion about how do you make music? What does it mean to make music, mm. right? How do we get to a piece that then we call music? Because, and again, I think that the, we did enough of the preliminary stuff. Like, I think that we should not indulge those people that think otherwise uh, any longer because, to me, those are the obvious things, right? This is, you can't. It's uh, Wittgenstein would say, if I... I can talk to you like a lot about this thing and I can give you explanation. But if you still keep saying no, 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 then we we live into two different planets. Like we are a different life form. There's nothing I can do to convince you of otherwise. Like so I think that we need to make peace with the fact that there are people that are like this. And it's hard right. for the both so of us. So we're moving forward with our uh our set of minimum conditions. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't I mean, honestly if People believe that I don't know, a branch falling in the forest is music and uh, that is it. What, what can I do? Mm -hmm. I think we have given enough reasoning for, for them. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to stifle the, the, the conversation. I'm just saying that I think that maybe even that discussion can be solved by the perspective of making music, right? Mm. Because even, you know, notes in itself, all separate, it's, I, I'll go this far in the other direction, then singular notes are not music. Mm. They're the components for it, but they're not music. Agreed. J just like plastic and metal are not a computer or a phone, but they're the components for the phone. The notes are the components for the music, but they're not music. So when is it that these notes become music, if you want? What kind of things need to be there? How, if you want... Maybe we can start practical and then we do the theoretical one. What is your process? So how do we how do we make music? What is our process? So what, how does that happen? Right. Yeah. It, when you when you were saying that a note by itself, or even like a list of five notes, um, is not yet music. It was I was kind of thinking of um, the four causes. Weirdly enough, right. So. You might say that these things are the the formal cause or something, right? Like, or they don't have a form yet. It's like the material of music that mm -hmm. hasn't been shaped. It's like the raw plastic that didn't become yeah. the chair or whatever. So it seems like how you get from the ingredients, um, so the quote-unquote material, loosely speaking, into the final product is... You have to have someone, right? We said the agent, the efficient cause, yeah. form those materials into something for a specific reason, and that, that being the, the final, the teleological cause, yeah. right? So how do we get from the ingredients to the cake? You know, this is a really interesting question because I think songwriting 
And the process of like, I don't know, musical discovery or something is a weird thing. It kind of exists on that cusp of awareness and unawareness. Because one of the things I always said is, and I don't know if you agree with this, you don't actually sit down and go, I am going to write a song. And then you do a thing, right? It's more like you play. And when I say play, I don't just mean play instrument, although playing like a game. Play like a little kid, Mm -hmm. right? You're like exploring something and you're just messing around Mm -hmm. and you're totally like in a flow. You know, you're not going out of your way to do something quite yet, or at least not fully. And at some point in this almost, it's not, it's not quite a hyletic flow, but in this flow of things, you, something, something resonates with you, mm-hmm. right? Like, no pun intended. <laughs> and that thing stick, and you go, oh. And then you start having that as your, as your base. Yeah. Or you start doing things in relation to that thing that just happened. And then maybe you, you build on that and then maybe you don't and maybe you do something else. And kind of like over time, through a lot of this sandboxing, if you will, like playing, mm-hmm. you eventually start to have ideas um, for like how to make a blueprint of something that you want to happen. And you think like, okay, this like flows into that and this feels like this and that seems like it can relate to this other thing. And then you you just start like playing the Sims in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. And over time, eventually that really loosey goosey process results in this like hyper fixed constructed thing that you can call the riff or the song or even the album or something like that. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I'll add a few, a couple of things first of all that i think that the process this process you describe is very similar to the process of writing lyrics for a song Mm. i don't think there's much difference um and you're just playing with different hues i always say uh, that come out from the other sounds to add to that and i think by the way i'm happy you said that because people should think about this because what that means is if you don't, like if you push to go back to this pre-conversation, like mm-hmm. before the podcast, yeah, yeah. like if you're reaching and not letting the things happen naturally, it turns out awful. Yeah. And it's ingenuine. <clears throat> you don't be like, I'm <clears throat> going to write a song about the man, <laughs> right? And then you just start <laughs> doing, this is like what little kids do. Exactly, exactly. And then, so it's funny because we said it needs to be an intention there, right? But the intention doesn't need to be too. Yes, good point. Good doesn't, distinction. Doesn't need to be too much, right? Because otherwise, it, it ruins the whole thing. And I'm saying, I think that I don't know how poets do their stuff, but I feel that it might be very, very similar to poetry writing, right? I mean, what's the Greek po- poesis? Yep, to make and what to make, right? Yep. To just yeah, uh, a poet is the maker, right? Um, so that's one thing that I want to add. And the other thing is like 
this this playing thing, which goes back to what I was saying before when we were talking about being in a band versus versus making music alone, which I feel that I I'm under the impression that me and you might have a different opinion when it comes to this. Mm. Uh, but I think that when there is a band where everyone is involved in the in the construction of this thing that we call a song, an album, whatever, a riff, things need tend to be I don't want to say necessarily better. I think things that tend to be more genuine and and easier to develop because then you're feeding off each other, right? Then you're going in a direction and there's somebody who adds something in there that you haven't taught it to. And then you mm -hmm. realize that one flows into the other. And then you have this construction that's a lot more complex. Now, can this come from one person? Sure, of course. Is it easier? Uh, this construction, it, does it take less time, however we want to call it, when there are other components? I think so. But maybe this is just me, right? I am, I've always been a person that functions better within collaboration rather than in a silo. So this, so I think this is an interesting <clears throat> point. Because um, I think this is now not only what is music and what is the process, but I think... The, the disagreement that maybe you're thinking of that we're going to have, I would say relates also to is the music good or not? So like we bring up the, the axiology uh -huh. of music. Um, in terms of how I always approach things, and not only me, but the people I gravitated to most whether it be a musician or even like a filmmaker mm -hmm. or any kind of artist, really. There's this quality of you have the composer and the composer is one person. Gotcha. And the composer makes the thing mm -hmm. and brings the thing to the others. And there may be explicit directions for how this thing should go that said each person in the play can add some kind of nuance or uniqueness to the product that the composer maybe didn't anticipate but is still in line with what's going on now that's fair you're right or or talent um because it's basically like, you know, I think of the composer as, I, I keep thinking of the phrase the skeleton, but I, I still think that's too minimal. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's not just an outline. I think it's like basically like here's the stuff. But it's like everyone learns it, mm -hmm. plays it that way. And then when it ceases to become a thing that they're learning and it becomes second nature and they can actually lose themselves in it, some natural things will come out that don't conflict with the idea of what, what was happening in the thing given by the composer. And you're like, ah, yes, okay. That still captures this thing in a, in a way that brings some uniqueness there. So that feedback is absolutely necessary. However... I would say as a general rule, I I actually don't think that music writing, 
I'm not sure if I want to say should be or is, but one of those things, at least one of those things, a democratic process. No, it's and not. No, it's not. I actually think when people try to do that, they're in the reach territory, and they're 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 in that trying too hard over intention phase, mm-hmm. and it comes out bad. No, and I I agree with you that if you are reaching for that, it's bad. And I, just to clarify, I don't think that it is worse when somebody makes it by himself when there is decomposer, and I. If you look at most bands, um, most musicians probably work with that frame, right? There is decomposer and then bring stuff in. It's, it, you describe it like perfectly. That's what happens most of the time, right? Um, what I'm saying is that when this play that you were describing happens within a community of individuals that are playing together, uh, you know, in a garage or somewhere. And they start messing up with they start messing with things. Then there is this it in my experience, then the the, the song, the riff, whatever it is, appears with less effort. Yeah, I agree. Something unfolds, something it's, comes out. There's exactly. there's the play between the individual and the instrument, yes. but there's also the play between like the director and the actors. I yeah, agree. Yeah, and it's I and I think that that happens all the time. And maybe there is always, yeah, it can even be possible that there's always somebody who kind of initiates, who's the first one to find the theme of the game, right? But I think that the contribution that the others give at that moment is as essential as the as the one that finds the theme, if you want. And that's all I'm saying. I'm saying that it comes faster and it becomes easier to do not that he makes it better and again just you know we we're going to mention them so many musicians sooner or later so might as well start yeah now. i think yeah <laughs> if you if you think if you think of the beatles right like you have multiple composers there uh at least two main ones for a long time right and their process is interesting because they will bring stuff and then everyone will contribute into that. But there are also situations where everyone is playing at the same time and stuff come out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's not by chance that the band is what it is, right? <laughs> no, of course not. There's, there's clearly something there. I think you're right because I think it has to do with the um, the genuine total like giving yourself over to the expressive exercise thing. Um, and this is also how you can separate like good musicians from not good musicians. And I think there's a, there's a parallel to made between actors and directors and, and a lot of different Yeah, I was thinking things. of movies when you, were, when you were saying stuff before. Like, so before the uh, podcast, we were talking about the Tarantino movies, right? Yeah. And you had mentioned how Bruce Willis like wanted to be... Um, Vincent Vi- Vega. It's Vince, right? Vincent Vega, because there's the other Vega in, in Mr. Blonde, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and he was like, no, right? <laughs> it's it's going to John Travolta. Like, imagine Bruce Willis as that character, right? Yeah. Could he have literally played a script as the name this? Yes. Would it have been the same thing or been Tarantino's vision? No. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, 
Or I had read that like originally, I don't know if this was Tarantino's idea, but like uh, Eddie Murphy being Jules, uh, <laughs> being Jules, which <laughs> may have been interesting if that was his vision. I don't know. But there has to be some kind of interplay. And this is why you have muses. And like, you, like when you write music too, you think of other musicians and yeah. you think like, oh, I, I imagine this drummer doing this or this in the style of this. Mm-hmm. And if you have good band members, you there's this element of trust um, that goes both ways. And you could always tell like who's more or less talented and mm-hmm. more or less into it because we're like, okay, this person, um, sure, they're trusting the director and they're playing the script, but that's all they're doing. And they're overly conscious and it comes off as like mm-hmm. less uh, talented and less authentic. Whereas yep. you have the people where like we feel each other, right? We can speak to each other without talking. Um, you get what I'm saying, you yep. know, just by looking at or like watching my body. There's mm-hmm. this. I think music is a very, 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 very intimate thing. And I agree. You can't just replace. Like I was the other day, I walked into one of my classes, and one of my students, who probably is going to be listening to this right now, um, hey Dan, um, he was saying he brought up how I had told you in the other episode about the non-existent full. Yeah. album project yeah. that exists right and he was like well why don't you just get another drummer mm-hmm. i was like that's not like you can't just substitute things one i said because of the talent of um the guy who is always my drummer and two because you can't there's no substitute for we grew up together and knew what the other one wanted yeah from it becomes, the other. It becomes a completely different thing it's completely a different thing. Um, like I remember, funny, funny side story. A few years back, me and Claire were listening um, to some some stuff of um, of the band I was in, and my drummer, uh, his name is Dan, also different one, and we were listening to you know something together, and we were just like silent and Claire at some point was like, it sounds like you guys are having sex. <laughs> like it's just this interlocked <laughs> weird thing. And the point is you can't just do that with someone. So <clears throat> there is this exploration on multiple levels and there is this trust on multiple levels because at the end of the day, to make a good version of the thing we're talking about, um, it, it has to be both structured and blood, sweat and tears, but also, free and authentic in this weird way yeah and i definitely within the process there is that and i think there is a whole other thing that we will need to explore still within this part i i suspect we're not going to get to everything we want to talk about within this two episodes uh, in music um but i think another thing that we need to talk about that we haven't even touched yet is like what are we actively doing when we're doing Mm. this right what it's happening there because is it just because you're describing the, the process of, of making this thing that we call music. And we're saying, uh, look, this is just this. In this process, there is this communication that's going on with the people that you're making music with. This is happening. We are, uh, as a band, you become as one, right? It's like you are you you play as a band, not as a, just an individual. Um, and the creation, again regardless of the existence of one composer or multiple composers, 
the, the music becomes uh, the the product of all, not just of one. Mm-hmm. At least while you're playing it, right? Um, but then there's the whole aspect of what as individuals or as bands, right? What are we trying to do when we're playing music? Is it like a necessity that we have to make music? Are we expressing something? Yeah. Are we are we communicating anything? Right, that, is, that final cause. Yeah, is it just, exactly. Is it just like, is music an extension of our being that sometimes you, that's, you know, and I, I'm going to reveal something, you know, some of the things that I think, <laughs> is that something that, needs to come out it's like the monster you have caged and needs to come out sometimes mm. into something it's not that you're saying anything it's not that you're you are communicating to others it's just a piece of you that comes out and takes form eventually it's it's almost like a like the freudian repression yeah right? like kind of Maybe. letting go of that something like yeah that. we could talk about all of that and then i think in doing so we can get into specific musicians and yeah. pieces and i think that I, i'm i'm excited I think yeah sure fun. no beaver please no beaver <laughs> all right i'll say for today for today for the moment right for the moment you for today us for the moment yep talk later see ya <laughs>